today's episode, I'm really excited to have Joshua Tongo on, who's going to be talking about just his journey out of being a missionary and a pastor and these sort of things, and just kind of his journey since then. I'm really excited. He's just been open and vulnerable on this episode, and I think it's going to be really encouraging to a lot of you guys. Enjoy the show. I'm super excited you're on the show. I just really wanted you to be able to share kind of your experience. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know Joshua, he's got a big presence on YouTube, on social media. He has two books that he's come out with. Um, and he's also just been on a wild journey of like going from missionary and kind of has been a pastor and has kind of transitioned out of it. And I just wanted to be able to have him share his story with you guys today. For sure, for sure, man. I'm ready. <laughs> just let me know. Yeah, yeah, let me know where you want me to start. Yeah, dude. I mean, so like... Uh, so what kind of – I don't know if you want to start how you transitioned out or if you want to just start from the beginning of your journey, whichever you prefer. Like uh, maybe just kind of like how did you get involved in like faith type things and then kind okay. of where – and then kind of how that led you to where you're at now or whatever. Okay, okay. Uh, well, I was an atheist most of my life. No, I'm just joking. I wasn't an atheist. But no, I, I grew up in this church stuff, bro. So it was like I, <laughs> this was like my life, man. I mean, I grew up in the church. My parents, um, you know, they raised me up as a as a evangelical Christian, more of like the charismatic bent. You yep. know what I'm saying? So I was into the whole Holy Ghost, this and that, and and I did that most of my life, bro. And so it's like it wasn't until. Well, actually, you know, just to like backtrack and stuff, yeah. I, I was a pastor. Um, I did ministry since I was 17 years old, bro. I mean, I've been part of like several denominations coming from like uh, like Assemblies of God, um, Presbyterian Church, teaching apologetics there. Um, I was an evangelist um, at, at a, another Assemblies of God church and was a pastor at a Southern. I mean, so it's just I was, I was going around, you know, experiencing different denominations, different beliefs and always very comfortable being you know calling myself a christian yeah you know what i'm saying and so but it wasn't until well i started asking a lot of questions when i was 17 years old you know what i'm saying so i was i was teaching apologetics and you know i don't know how familiar your yeah. your audience is with That's apologetics like where you're but, like arguing for the faith sort yeah, of like the yeah, proof pretty much yeah defending the christian faith giving philosophical arguments so you were sort like of, all you were all in as all in can be Oh, for sure, dude. Like, I mean, you could even you could even hear like my old. I mean, I've been on YouTube for a long time, bro. So it's like yeah, I could hear my, my old stuff. Yeah, it's all it's all out there, you know. So like my whole journey is there. So you'll be like, you'll see this huge shift from from a hardcore, you know, uh, you know, dogmatic Christian stuff, and then you know you'll 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 see me slowly changing and getting a little bit more like skeptical and questioning things. And yeah. you know, you could find my old stuff where I'm even defending doing apologetics because majority of my ministry back in the day was defending the faith like everyone knew me that way when i was in a seminary and bible school all that stuff like i was the guy that did the apologetics you know i, w I would go on apologetic radio shows my friends are the founders <laughs> of apologetic ministry yeah. i saw myself as getting a phd and traveling to be like a filipino version of ravi zacharias kind of thing you know what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah I, I literally I totally saw myself, that is yeah you know and so i was i was that type that just because that to be honest, at that time when I was 17, that changed my life. It was apologetics because I wasn't, yeah. you know, um, you know, when it came to Christianity, I was a very simple kid. You know, I just grew up reading the Bible and stuff, but I didn't really question things until someone introduced apologetics to me. So that yeah. really like gave me a different shift. Like, oh man, I guess Christianity is true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I would like go around at churches and primarily just I wouldn't preach, but I would always do Q and A. So I even have nice. the audience of all those things. They're not on yeah. YouTube, but I would do all that stuff. I'd I'd be you know studying these different religions and cults, and then but there's one thing. I mean, there's something that I started to realize, like in retrospect, after all this stuff has passed, and and yeah. I could finally acknowledge now is that the whole time when I was sharing my faith, defending my faith, I was already assuming that Christianity is true. Yeah. You know, which is a huge assumption, you yeah. know, so, so I, I'd poke holes here and there. I'd find flaws in all these different religions and worldviews, but I didn't apply the same standards uh, to my own faith. You know, so, for example, I'd be like finding contradictions in the Bible, at least things that appear to be contradictions to me. And then I and then I notice like a lot of the the horrible and, and the violent things done by by God and his people in both the Old and the New Testament. And then I would just be, you know. 
I'd have to question, like, you know, what the hell is that, man? You know, that's crazy. You know, God would do yes. this, command that, and, you know, but then I would just plead mystery. Yeah. You know, because I, I'd already assumed that the Bible is without error, that, you know, it's a scripture is God breathed, yada, yada, yada. God is good all the time. So he can't do any wrong. So yeah. even if it appears wrong to me, uh, my default answer is, you know, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. And so, you know, who was I? to question God's word. Like I said, it's, it's an assumption that I've carried with me most of my life, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, I, I get it. You don't have to be an inerrantist to be a Christian, you know, someone who believes that the Bible is true and everything that it affirms, you know, but I was an inerrantist most of my life, you know, because that's just what I was taught. Yeah. That's what I was, that's what I inherited. My, my, my school taught that the Bible is true and here's how you defend it, you know, philosophically, historically, et cetera. So, you know, the transition started to happen like big time because I've always started to, I've always was the type to question things in my, my adult life, but it wasn't until I graduated from seminary and I became a full-time missionary to the Philippines where I'm at now. Yeah. Um, this was back in 2009. And so I went full on, you know, mission missionary, you know, I would, this is the way I made my living financially yeah. and, um, you know, had rough times, you know, just trusting in God for finances and speaking at different churches and, but, you know, the thing is, when I moved there, when I moved here, um, that's when I really started to question things. So back then I would question things because I wanted to, you know, critique other religions to show that Christianity is true and, and superior, you know, to those yeah. other religions. But this time around, I started to really question, like, even the so-called fundamentals, you know, that a lot of evangelicals, yeah. Christians hold to. And, I'm, you know, these are a lot of the things that I inherited. And I was like... What if these things are wrong, you know? And and for years, bro, I'll be honest with you. That, I, that's not a question you're like allowed to ask yourself in your psyche when you're a missionary or a minister or something like that. Is it's like you have to be assumed like, oh, this is the right stuff. I right. just need yeah. to figure out the right interpretation of it. Not like, right, right. is this right at all? <laughs> like, right, right, that's right. It's like so – that's such a huge like leap. Like you don't realize it in your mind but like especially when it's like your job and it's what's – you know, kind of paying the bills. Oh, it was definitely paying the bills. That's what I was leaning on most. Yeah. I, mean, I went full, you know, I, I did this full time, you know, I was yeah. even tempted to take on like a, like a quote unquote secular job here because of some challenges that we were having. But I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stick to preaching the Bible and blah, blah, blah. God's going to take care of us. Yes. You know, we have some good stories here and there of, of, you know, money coming at the perfect time and mm -hmm. stuff. And yes, but just to show that I, I was in this fully. Yeah, you know, and just like you said, it's like it's it's something that you just can't question in a way because it is your 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 the way you make your living and stuff. But I, of course, as humans, we do question these things in our mind, but we just kind of like suppress it and and just slip it under the rug because you're like, oh, I can't go there. You yeah, know? and I I remember the times, bro, where I'd be really questioning the Bible at times, and this is like a long time ago, and I'm like. Man, if I if I question inerrancy, that changes everything, you know, yeah. like literally. And so I I just didn't go down that road, you know. And and I would still be reading atheism books like back in the day. I've I've grown up, not grown up, but like my most of my adult years, I've been reading books on atheism, agnosticism, all that stuff since I was seventeen. But I've always like had the the or the presupposition like, well, Christianity is true, so no matter how much this atheism book makes sense at some points. It must be wrong, though, in some yes. way. I, I'm, I'm going to find a hole in it somehow. You know? And so for a time, like just the more that I live my life as, as honestly as possible, bro, just to be straight up with you, it yeah. just reached a point where Christianity just started not to make sense to me anymore. No. You know? And so I dissect and, and like de deconstruct certain doctrines. And, and then there was this domino effect. You know, just like one doctrine leading to another. And, and it wasn't like I was trying to not believe anymore because it was, yeah. it was tough, you know, but it's just that I, I reached a point where I didn't see the need to hold on to many of these like complicated doctrines and atonement theories that everybody debates about it. They just seem unnecessary in yeah, my life. And, and even irrelevant. when you, when you kind of tune out from it for even the smallest amount of time, because it's like every, you know, with church and these things, you like every week you're like, plugging back in to kind of get like your brain washed or your mind renewed or right, like, right. you know, to get kind of filled up with all the stuff. Right. And so like when you like take a break from that stuff, like for the first time, like, and aren't just like constantly filling your mind with it, you're kind of like, huh, like 
man, mm. I don't really know that like theorizing about this makes like a ton of sense or like you start making friends with people that aren't into it and you're like, oh, like how does this relate to their life? Like how does, you know, this penal substitution theory about <laughs> such and such, like how does that relate to this random person I'm working with's life or, you know? Exactly, exactly. I mean, that that's one of the benefits that I had, you know, when I moved to the Philippines because prior to that, I was I was in church thinking all the time when I was, <laughs> yeah. you know, I was there like several times a week because I was preaching, I was teaching, I was a pastor, you know, et cetera. But when I came to the Philippines, I had a lot of time on my hands because I just started from scratch, you know? So, yeah. you know, I had a lot of time to myself to just like study more. And, you know, I didn't have homework because I was at a Bible school. So I could study the stuff that I really want to study. And, and, you know, the first couple of years in the Philippines, all the majority of the places that I went to all the time because I had to make new friends was churches and bars. That's just what I went to like the first couple of years because that's just the people that I was surrounding myself with, you know, just getting to know people. Because I really came here, bro, with like not really knowing anybody. Yeah. It was like my quote unquote step of faith, you know, to, to try so to... So you were just going just, to the Philippines, you didn't know anybody, you were just kind of believing God was going to send you and change the country and whatever. Yeah, pretty much. Like I literally <laughs> knew like like a handful of people, like barely knew them. I Like they were like a connection that I had, but I didn't really know them too well, you know. So they were the ones that helped me like find a home like the first, what, week that I was there. Um, wow. But, you know, I didn't know these people really like on a deep level, you know. So they were just the ones that I thought like, oh, when I go to the Philippines, they could help me find a place maybe. But I was <laughs> yeah. really, I was really on my own, bro. You know, which is why I got pretty stinking lonely at times, yeah. you know. And and so, like, for me, when when I started to realize that some of these ideas um, in Christianity just kind of, I just didn't really seem relevant to me in some ways, you know. I, I just didn't think about a lot of that stuff anymore to make sense of my life, you know, or the world, you know. And I just kept moving on, and I just felt like I was more in touch with reality, you know, with, without the Christianese and just living my life and living with people with different views and, and just seeing things from the outside, like what you were saying. It's like you just see things from a different perspective when you step out, you know, yeah, you're like and, seeing it from the outside in. And too, like, I think, I think one of the fears when you're like in, inside, you feel like you're safe inside and then yeah. like, oh, I can't imagine what life would be like outside. And sure. then when you go outside and you're like, oh, wow, it's like, nice out here everything is like you know like even even just some of the things that i hold dear like spirituality and like that that sense of i don't know just that sense of like spirituality or whatever like yeah like even just realizing like but before i was like oh, okay only christians have this sense of spirituality that's what makes mm. us different from every other human on the planet and then i started yeah. making i moved to a new city started a new job i started making friends with it were like uh practicing islam and like they my one friend in particular has such a super deep faith and is like very spiritual and like very connected and like the way he would talk about god was so similar to the way i would talk about god and i was like whoa like i didn't even know that was like permissive i didn't even know that was allowed like you know right, right. like it's it's, sure. it's so eye-opening you know no no for sure i mean like i there's a story that i, I shared a lot back in the day where i used to go around every single week it was also part of the homework assignment because i took a class on islam where i had to go to uh, a mosque every single week to dialogue and debate with muslims so that was literally my homework and it's something <laughs> that i actually loved to do back yeah. in the day believe it or not so because I, I was a debater type and so every single week dude we'd be going to mosques meeting with like a, a panel full of like different scholars and stuff like they they actually at least they're self-identified they'll call themselves scholars they said they're like here's our scholars and then we would just go at it you know with me and yeah. my team for my class and so we were doing that like every single week and it seemed impressive that that we thought oh wow christianity has an upper hand you know with all these arguments and all these things but there was this one time we went to this one mosque um and then this guy just like really opens up to me just very genuine and he's like you know um i was i was addicted to drugs before and then just allah allah just changed my life you know and he was yeah. sharing his story and then i'm like listening to this guy I'm like, dude, it sounds like those Christian testimonies of how God yeah. changes people's lives through Jesus Christ, you know? And so, like, what do you do with that, yeah. right? And so, like, with my assumptions back then is, like, 
if I want to be committed to my truth, I would be like, well, that's not real, you know, or I'd say, well, he thinks it's Allah, but it's really Jesus. You know, it's like we always try to reinterpret things to make it fit our paradigm or mm-hmm. our grid, you know. And so I just reached a point where, you know, I, I just became more open to hear, you know, the, the other the other views that people would hold on to, you know, and it's not that I. I'm a, I'm a relativist where like, oh, everything's true. Everything's true. You know, I, I, it's just, I'm open to hear other people's perspectives now because a lot of the, the claims that I used to make and a lot of the claims that I hear among the different versions of Christianity, um, they don't hold water for me these days, you know, and a lot of people are still trying to convert me to this day where they, they, they watch my videos and think, you know, if Josh only knew that it's not all about like uh, evangelical Christianity, but I could become like Eastern Orthodox or I could be, a <laughs> uni- I could be a universalist or, you know, et cetera, or, or inclusion or all these other things. And the funny thing is people, if they've watched my videos closely, I've studied all that stuff, yeah. you know, like people accuse me of being a universalist, even though I've never identified myself as that. So people think that that I've never been exposed to those versions of Christianity. Yeah, and I so have like, as though you're only rejecting like the bad fundamentalist version. But it's yeah. like, I, like you go on this journey where you start kind of just uh, I don't even know, like figuring out like for me, it was like, oh, man, like I started having more and more compassion for people. So I needed to figure out a way to fit more and more people into my view of religion. And so then you get a more compassionate version of Christianity and then a more and more compassionate version. Right. Until eventually, like I would read the Bible and read stuff in it. And I was like, okay, I realize like the version of God that I have now enjoyed for a while like doesn't really fit like what I'm reading <laughs> in the Bible anymore because you like right, right. you think like you've found the like oh this is what like the Christians should have believed yeah. all along or whatever right right and like I've that, discovered the right version finally you yes know? And, and then you read and, the Bible and you're like ooh like I don't really know that like <laughs> these guys were as compassionate as I'm claiming this was supposed to be exactly and that's and, like and a so, scary feeling yeah if we're honest with ourselves we're we're very selective right so it's like a lot of us who were more fundamentalist back then we'll we'll find the angry versions of God in there we'll, and then you become more the universalist view you'll find the that version of the unconditional love of God loving all mankind, et cetera, et cetera. And so the, the Bible is not as like uniform as a lot of people want to make it out to be. You know, it, it's a bunch of stories and perspectives that people had. And I'm willing to accept that now. But back then I had to make it be like all consistent with one another. This doesn't make sense of the Old Testament. Well, let me interpret it in light of the New Testament. You know, I just there's all these gymnastics that, that people want to make of it. And I just feel like, well, we don't even do that with other books. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, especially this is a book. We, we speak as a Bible as if it's just like one single author. You know, of course, Christians assume it is like God's the author, but in reality, it's a bunch of different authors. And we're trying to make this one author interpret this other author that's like, you know, they've lived so far apart from each other, you know, in and years. Then now, and now, like 2,000 years later, trying to piece it all together and be like, okay, exactly. hey, like, I've got it figured out. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, exactly. I would always you know? feel so funny, like, traveling and speaking at places and and like i i thought back on it recently and i was like oh my gosh i would go around places to churches and being like look i've got something for you because (laughs) i've somehow figured out the gospel of jesus more than like like your pastor and all these other people in your town somehow i've got like the secret or something and i was just yeah it just it's just so sometimes it seems like arrogant other times it just is like you know uh you know, just well, well-intentioned or whatever, but it's just yeah. so funny. Like, oh, finally we've unlocked. Yeah, we, we've got it now, you know, <laughs> um, and, and, and I get it, right? Because, I mean, you're there. I was there of just like we, we found a message as we as we continued to grow. Uh, we just started to s- accept more people, you know, into this message, right? It's like we became more inclusive. And so when my theological shift started to happen and I started to highlight verses that started to speak more about the love of God and grace and all those things. It's like, it is a beautiful message, right? When you think about it. And, and that's, that's one of the things where I tell people, like, I have no regrets, you know, like when I had those other versions of grace back in the day that still taught penal substitution, you know, I was like, I don't hold to that stuff now. But I remember at that time, that's what I believed in. It helped me at that time. Yeah. You know, like when I would emphasize a gospel that was more about, 
forgiveness and, and grace covering sin and et cetera, et cetera. I don't even talk like that anymore, bro. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I mean, at that time, that's just what changed me. Yeah. You know? and, 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 then and I, it meets you kind of like, it meets you in that language. So it's like, if you're used right. to a certain language, it's like, Oh, I'm a sinner. And then you, yeah. your language is like, Oh, well that's been taken care of. You know, it's like a relief. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Every step of the journey comes as like a relief, you know, and then you just end up teaching on that step or whatever. Right, right. And then you start to realize, at least for myself, I started to realize that a lot of the the truths that I hold dearly that just seem to never change, especially when it comes to like love and all that stuff. I I realize I don't need these theological doctrines and and like these uh like the mechanics of it all like oh yeah the only reason you can forgive is because Jesus forgave. You know it's like yeah. I, you know do you really need to go there? You know so it's like all these things that I've I I've seen of the shifts of of Christianity and people trying to make sense of it all. I feel like they're just creating like a technology of like this is the only reason why you're able to love now, you know because this <laughs> yeah. or you know someone's punished for you. You know I'm thinking well maybe what what if that's not really necessary, yeah. right? And just what if, you know? So not to say and, it's wrong, and, but who, who knows? And not even the like, what if it's not necessary? But the thing is, is it's like mostly kind of shared. It's like not only is it necessary, but you believing the right way about it is necessary. And like yeah. one of the first times I ran into that was like I was in India and I was doing like a mission trip and – you know, we have interpreters and stuff, and I was thinking, like, okay, if, like, any of this has to do with these people, like, by chance understanding all of the complex theological <laughs> stuff, like, I'm trying right, to, right. like, say in this village that A is, like, speaking a different language, and now I'm trying to bring, like, all of this, like, <laughs> language about a guy yeah. they don't know of and, like, all this yeah. stuff, and I was like, man, like, it's got to be simpler than this. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so for me, it was more of just kind of removing the, the complicated doctrines out of my life that, that if it works for somebody else, it's all good. But for me, like I said, it just reached a point where it just kind of fell off of me where I'm like, I just don't think about that stuff yeah. on a and, daily basis. And when you were and when those like kind of technologies and systems kind of fall off, you know, as far as like the need for like thinking about theology all day, like obviously mm-hmm. you went from, you know, being a apologet like an apologist and a missionary. Mm-hmm. So like, those are the thoughts that are consuming you all day long. What, yeah. what, when you transitioned out of thinking about those things all day long, was it like hard at first or was it a relief or a mix of both or? Yeah, it was, it was probably a mix of both because it's like, for me, I think about these things a lot, you know? So even when, like I even went through a period when I was in the States, cause we lived in the States for, for three years, like after yeah. we got married. So it's funny, but like when I, I would go on YouTube, people started complaining that I don't talk about Jesus anymore. I don't quote the Bible because I started doing a lot of motivational stuff. I kind of yeah. wanted to just make a shift in my YouTube channel and stuff. And But believe it or not, like even though I'm making all these videos about like motivation and inspiration every single day, and my wife can vouch for this, I would – I would be like researching, podcasting, reading books about the history of Christianity, like uh, because that's still in me. Yeah, you know, because that that's always been in my mind. So, and that's another reason why I don't want to talk about those things publicly because I'm just like researching these things all yeah. over. You're on like thing, a which quest is, for truth, exactly. You know, because I've, I've researched those things back in the day. I've, I've read early church fathers, even when I was in seminary, bro. But like I said, it was always a perspective with the assumption that my my Christianity is already true you know so i started rereading atheist books agnostic all that stuff new age you know the stuff that's really out of the box studying more about near death experience just just different things to give me a different perspective or to challenge my my perspective so now i'm able to say I, I really want to learn. I really want to know. And, and the more that I started to kind of think outside of the box, it wasn't as uncomfortable to hear views that are kind of out there. But back then, even back in the day, like I remember someone talking about universalism like long time ago made me a little uncomfortable. You know, but the more you kind of like shift and change your views and you expose yourself to other things with an open mind and open heart, it doesn't really, at least it didn't bother me. And that's why I'm a very open person in that sense. You know what I'm saying? I, I, but I still have my mind. Like I said, it doesn't mean that well, Josh believes whatever someone tells him or, you know, of course not. It's yeah. like I, 
I, I'm open, but I still analyze things. You know, you know, someone is asking me, what should they do now? If you know, what yesterday or this morning they were just talking about like they're leaning towards atheism and all that stuff, and yeah. you know, and I share it to them my views. You know, but a lot of people make a lot of assumptions about it. Now that Josh is not like this, he's like this. When yeah. if you watch my YouTube videos, you'll notice I don't really talk about what I believe. I just share stories. Yeah. And say on how I feel during this, this, you know, deconstructing phases, you know. So there's a lot of assumptions being made about me where people even tell me that they're on like Facebook groups where they're debating whether or not I'm an atheist and stuff like that, which is interesting. (laughs) You know, so like I identify with a lot of atheists. Yeah, that's really great that there's just people that have time in the day to just be like, I'm going to go online and like discuss among other people what Joshua believes. That's so funny. Well, or part two, though. <laughs> yeah, know. exactly. The thing, um, I don't know about like you. I was just wondering, like, when you kind of leave that system, as far as like going to church all the time or being like in, kind of accepted in the faith community or whatever, yeah. is like, I've noticed, like for me at least, like sometimes I miss like certain things. I don't miss at all. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so glad I'm like not in that anymore. But then yeah. other things I'll miss, like like sometimes I'll just be like, oh man, I really miss like being able to like, I don't know, like like sometimes I'll really miss like prayer meetings or I'll miss uh, kind of that feeling of community that you kind of have when you're just showing up with the same people every week or whatever. Yeah, yeah. What no, you, for sure. Like when you move out of kind of a more dogmatic idea, because it's honestly you almost feel like you're not accepted into these sort of things when you're not dogmatic, or you just decide you don't really want to go anymore. Where do you yeah. like wh- ha- how have you felt like kind of leaving these sort of things? Do you miss it at all? Do you have plans for kind of new types of spiritual communities or Yeah. Oh, uh, well it's changed throughout the years, bro, cuz I've been out of the the institutional church since 2009. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that, you know. So I I've been out for a couple of years and so I I've, I've had different experiences in different communities of uh you know even experiencing house church and organic church and all those types of things. Yeah. And those played a role at some point, you know, but they just don't work for me nowadays cuz I just yeah. don't care too much for the type of service. But like you, um I I did have that those moments of missing community. Not so much like Let's have a service and let's pray. Like with yeah. prayer meetings, bro, I was the exact opposite. Those are like the least thing that I would look forward to. <laughs> uh, I just wasn't into prayer meetings like my whole life. But yeah. I did miss just being around my friends, uh, just chatting, eating out together. Um, and of course, we, we've had that throughout the years. But I think that's where the institutional church is good at those things of like bringing people together. Uh, but of course, you know, when it comes to sometimes the programs, I, I'm not interested in those, but just yeah. the fact that you could have events and, or you could have discussions that's already set up, especially, you know, when I moved to the Philippines, it's like, um, a lot of people that I was surrounded with, they didn't really initiate. I was the guy that always initiated, like, let's hang yeah. out here, let's go there. And then if I don't say anything, no one meets up, <laughs> you know, yeah. was, that's, that's the circle of people that I, I was around with. So you know, I, I've had those moments where I'm like, oh, I, I miss that. Or I even miss preaching, to be honest, yeah. because I, I've been a preacher for so many years and people would always give me a platform to speak. And I felt like yeah, that was the outlet the, of like, yeah, that's honestly why I started sharing. podcasting because I was like, oh, man, I want to have an outlet to, sh- to share and talk and discuss without having oh. to like worry about the offering at the end and the, the weird oh, pastor sure. uh, politics or whatever. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. So just like you, bro, like it, I, that's why I, I would capitalize on my YouTube channel. Yeah. So at the times when um, the churches were being warned about me, especially here in the Philippines, I remember I told my wife, I'm like, all right, you know, rumors are being spread about me here. People are receiving text messages about me that I'm a cult leader. Like it was pretty bad, bro. Like wow. it was so bad. I wanted to leave America my, to go to America after my first year. Yeah. It was really that bad. Like people would just come up to me and say, Josh, I heard about you. You were, we, we were warned about you, blah, blah, blah. And I felt kind of lonely because I didn't have like a church at that time. I had a small group of friends who yeah. weren't really ministers. So like being new to a country, uh, like I'm the type I could take I could take criticism because I've, I've yeah. received that for so many years with my older teachings on healing and stuff. But I felt I, I felt like I wanted more backup. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because I was just like this new guy in a new country who had a small group of friends, and I'm hearing a lot of negative things about me. Yeah, you know, it made me feel kind of like out of place. Like I don't know if this is my home anymore. I started to miss my family, and so that's that, that's just where you know. 
it got tough at times. And, you know, I just, I, I just needed more people in my life. And so thankfully over time, I, we did have that community, uh, where we did meet up, not even on a weekly basis, but we started having a community like where I would see people almost every day. And that's something that I didn't even experience even in America because we're so busy with school and work and everyone lives far from each other in America. But here in the Philippines, bro, like our first couple of years here was like stinking crazy. Like we would see each other like literally every day. Wow. And that's where I saw the message of love like really transform people's lives. Like we would be chilling to like three or four in the morning and these people have worked like at six in the morning. And they would just tell me saying, Josh, it's just we've never heard this message, this kind of message before. You know, so this this country is is predominantly Roman Catholic. Mm. You know, so it's very much like ingrained of like religious, you know, practices and sometimes, you know, fear of hell and so like that. So when I would share this message, it did attract a good number of people that really stuck by my side and and defended me when, when they would hear people talk bad about me. And so that, that, that really changed my life. I just seeing that kind of community. Of course, it kind of died down a little bit for the past couple of years because some of them, you know, they have kids, they got married, they live further away. So we yep. meet up like every so often, but not so much. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's possible, you know, and like just like you and me, like doing podcasts and stuff. Like I, I knew that if I have this heart to share and speak about stuff, I don't need a church to ask me anymore, dude. And I don't, yeah. I'll just do it myself. I don't want to live as a missionary trying to, preach the right thing so I could continue to receive financial support because that's why we started to lose money because I spoke my, my mind so much on YouTube yeah. where people would stop supporting us and even ask for their money back. And I'm just <laughs> like, whoa, okay. I told Remy, I'm like, uh, you know, are we ready for th-? My wife, Remy, you know, yeah. I was like, are we ready for this? You know, and so we both agreed uh, we're not going to compromise and we're just going to keep speaking our, our heart to share, let people know our journey. And so we just decided to leave a lot of that stuff altogether, yeah. you know, and of course I would speak like as a guest speaker at some places as like, you know, to those communities that were open. But, you know, for the most part, I would just like, I would just do my own thing, you yeah. know, and just set up meetings with people that I knew and just like, Hey, let's meet up at Starbucks. Let's meet up at Krispy Kreme or something. And we would have like these big ass gatherings at these coffee shops. It's crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. You know? So it was like, it was fun. You yeah. Know? So, and, and like, like going from like, I think, you know, was it a big transition to go from like, okay, like I'm going to be a missionary or an apologist, you know, that's going to be like what I do for the rest of my life to being like, okay, now I don't know that like, I'm going to do that anymore. Like what it like, what it, cause when, when you transitioned out of being a missionary, like how old were you? And like, did you think like, okay, now what, or what? Yeah. I was in my early 30s, so I'm, I'm turning 36 next month, but I still look like I'm 16. <laughs> no, I know I don't. <laughs> Maybe in my 20s now. But uh, yeah, I'm, it was in my early 30s, and it does – like I don't have any regrets, bro. That's something yeah. that I could say for sure. Was it easy? Uh, sometimes it felt like it was. Sometimes it, it wasn't, so just to be honest with you, because yeah. it was my, my whole life. <clears throat> like I said, I was raising this stuff, and I went to school – that was thinking expensive, almost cost me like a hundred grand, yeah. you know, to study to for like be, Bible school for Bible school. You know, I got Whoa. my master's degree. I, you know, I emphasize in systematic theology. I wanted to be like a scholar. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be the guy that, that, that studies all these heavy theological stuff and makes it simple on YouTube for my audience. <laughs> yeah. you know, I wanted to be that guy, you know, and, and like I said, I had a heart to just share the quote unquote good news. And so it was my life. In that sense, and I and like I said, I left everything. I left the yeah. states, my family. I came to this new country with no car, nothing. You know, I didn't have a lot of money, so I was all in. You know, and so yeah. for me to have a shift, it of course it caught me by surprise, and it caught a lot of people by yeah. surprise. You know, I, I even ran into some guy. What on Christmas? Literally on Christmas Eve, I was going to a, a gathering, and some guy on the MRT. It's like this, like a subway station here in the yeah. Philippines. You know? He just he recognized me on the MRT. He's like, "Oh, Josh Thomas!" You know, we started chatting on the the MRT like the whole trip, and even when we got to our destination, we we're still chatting. He's like, "Josh, I heard you speak like years ago, man." And I remember, dude, like all of us were listening to you. We're like, "Dude, I love this message, man." And then, but then now, Josh, you know your recent stuff. A lot of my friends who used to like you, they're like, "Dude, I don't know about that Josh guy anymore," you know, and they're all scared about where you're going. But I, I like the stuff that you're saying, you know, and so. 
we've, like I said, we've lost, we've surprised a lot of people. Yeah. You know, because here I am, this guy who could quote the Bible a lot. You know, I, I memorize this stuff like so much on a daily teaching. And, and here I am. I'm like, honestly, bro, I surprised myself on how I don't think about those things yeah. in, in a way anymore. And no, that's it, where I, I don't it, know. It is very strange, too, because like I've been in kind of the same place of like where it's like now I just don't really even think about it. Like I just think about other things like fill yeah. my mind and you like I don't know for me like I when I was in all of that stuff and that was filling my mind all day long theology and bible and I would have thought like oh my gosh I can't imagine life without these things filling my mind <laughs> and then it just slowly like faded away from being at the forefront of my mind like I didn't make like a conscious decision of like okay I'm cutting this out or something it literally yeah, yeah. just started like fading away almost and it was such a weird feeling though too cuz like when you've been a speaker and an author and you've changed people's lives and they felt like, you know, you were a key to their life getting better because of something you said, then yeah. you like, it's really funny when those people come to you and they're like, Hey man, like such and such thing you said was like, so empowering, you know, and <laughs> they're, and you're like, Oh man, like, huh, that's interesting. Like uh, that's doesn't seem that empowering to me anymore right. or right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what happens, man. You know, and, and, and I think, like what a lot of people get concerned about is that now that I've left or I don't identify myself as a Christian anymore, they'll think, so what do you believe now? You yeah. know, like how do you live your life? You know, how do you decipher what's right and wrong, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like are so, you even a moral person anymore? Yeah, are you, exactly. Are you just like boozing and, and doing drugs? Ro ro robbing banks, you know what <laughs> Robbing saying? banks you know? and going to the and strip so, club. You know, that's why. You know? No, I'm just, <laughs> that, that's the thing, bro. It's like, what I'm trying to do in my videos, you know, and I'm, and I'm doing it slowly in a way, is that I'm showing people the process of my quote unquote deconversion. Yeah. Of where, okay, I let go of a lot of these beliefs because major, a lot of people, I don't want to say everybody, but I think a lot of people, you know, we do question, you know, what's what's our origin? Where do we come from? And then we, we ask the question about meaning. You know, how do we have meaning in our lives or morality? How are we supposed to live? And then the whole idea of destiny, where do we go when we die? And what people don't, a lot of people don't realize, at least the ones that I talk to, is that they don't see a lot of those questions being answered sufficiently outside of their Christian worldview. Yeah. And, and I get that because for myself, studying apologetics and teaching it, I felt like we had the upper hand as Christians because we were able to answer those fundamental questions of meaning and morality and origin and destiny, et cetera. So I felt like we had that consistency to talk about the big things in life. Mm -hmm. And for me, yeah, I could see Christianity and a lot of the ones that I would, guys I would listen to back in the day, they did have answers for all of those things. <laughs> but I started to realize that I don't buy into the answers anymore. Yeah. And so that's the problem. I don't buy into it. So there are answers, but that doesn't mean that they're good answers. Yeah. You know, and so I, I you know, I, I'm very much interested in, in studying things about life after death and, and, you know, even introspect and learning about like, how are we supposed to live if you don't have a, a framework of getting your morality from the scriptures, you know, and, and it, it's, it's very subjective when you even really think about it. Cause everybody has their own version of Christianity anyways, you know, where they're very selective of certain verses of the Bible that they want to choose to live by. Yeah. You know exactly. what I'm I mean, that's so, how come like the same Bible can inspire like some of the most loving people or like, you know, the crusaders and like West exactly. Baptist or whatever. And yeah, it's like, you, you they're all pulling choose. from the same like script, you know? Yeah. You pick and choose. And, and, and that's where a lot of, you know, and that's where I moved out of the whole inerrancy thing because people would say, Oh, Josh, there's so many people just misinterpreting the word of God. And I my my saying is no, the word of God might be wrong too, <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> you know, because people judge me as since I talk about my experiences a lot, yeah. You know, and for me, I, I think stories are powerful, which is why I share them. I'm not the type of guy who likes quoting Bible verses a lot. Even in my book, I think I only probably mentioned like one or two Bible verses, yeah. uh, because I, I do think that logic and stories, life experiences, are, are are very persuasive to people. And so when people judge me and say, "Josh, you know, you're you're all about your experiences instead of basing it upon the Word of God," I you know, tell those people, well, you're judging it based upon the experiences of those people who wrote the Bible, yeah. you know? So it's like, it has to stop somewhere. So, you know, it's not all about, this is just the Bible says it. You're believing stuff from people from back in the day who had their own experiences and they put it into a book or, you know, people eventually, you know, made it Compiled into the Bible. It all, yeah. 
Yeah, but you know, it's still another person's experiences. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, doing like writing stuff on hell, you know, cause I'm going to be contributing to a book and, you know, but just thinking about like the whole idea of the afterlife. Yeah. These people who talk about at the pulpit, even these young pastors, you know what I'm saying? Where they talk about exactly what's going to happen in heaven and in hell because the Bible says, or, you know, yeah. your grandma or grandpa, they don't know Christ. So they're going to be in hell forever because the Bible says. And so here's these people speaking about stuff that they've never experienced before. You know, I'll say, did you go to hell? You know, did you go to hell? <laughs> now, if they had a near-death experience, granted, we can talk about that. We can dialogue about that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But then again, there are other people who just like to just quote a Bible verse and they think that they're experts on it because they know the Greek and the Hebrew. You know what I'm saying? So experience for me is crazy important. You know, experience is what changed my life. You know, every, every single time, you know, these every days, even when I was way. a Christian. Yeah, it's like who doesn't have an experience? And our experiences are, in a sense, the grid of how we interpret the Bible in some ways. You know, you see what you want to see. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, for sure. And and what do you, like, what would you say to people that feel like they're also on a journey or like, I mean, obviously, like, I feel like every single human being is on some sort of journey. And yeah. like, what would your advice be to, let's say, you know, whether it's somebody who's still in church, but they feel like they want to get out, or if it's somebody who's out and they're, you know, questioning yeah. what, you know, what the next step is, like, what would, what would you say? Like just some, I don't know, maybe if you have any sure. advice for people that are on a similar journey as yourself. Yeah. I mean, uh, for myself, like one, one of the things that I tell for, to people is just, you know, keep being, keep being honest with yourself, you know? So if you're still a Christian, it's all good. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to judge you, you know, as long yeah. as you stay true to yourself and more power to you. But I would encourage everyone to keep doing your homework. You know, look look into the history of Christianity and the Bible and Jesus, the divinity of Jesus, you know, because a lot of times people just say, well, I don't need to look into this stuff because I have a personal relationship with God. And I'm saying, fine, you know, you, you can say that if you want, but then you can't really criticize another person's religion because they could say the same thing you know like how do you know your religion is true well because i feel like i feel a bosom you know burning in my bosom you know so it's like you can't really have dialogue <laughs> the burning. You know? so, yeah. so i would just encourage people you know do your homework you know and if you're the type of person who asks a lot of tough questions in a religious environment then you got to have some thick skin you know because you got to learn how to handle rejection and people labeling you calling you names demonizing you or condemning you and mm -hmm. and you got to realize it's it's because they don't understand you know so a lot of people ask me you know if you just go to through my youtube comments bro the majority of them they're negative <laughs> a lot of <laughs> oh, know, especially in my recent videos it's like it's very negative on my recent videos and they say josh how do you how do you handle that stuff man a lot of people ask me that when they meet me in person and i just say you know it, it doesn't bother me at all yeah. because i know where they're coming from I, I know that they have a worldview that creates this us versus them. You know, we're in, you're out, we're going to heaven, you're going to hell. And so I, I see where they're coming from. So I don't, I don't get bitter. So that's why I encourage people to not let it get to them by just understanding why, why they're saying what they're saying. It's honestly, it's because they're ignorant in many ways, you know, not to try to be, yeah, I'm not trying to be mean, but that's just how yeah. it is. And, and I just want people to see, you know, try to understand them so you don't end up all bitter and pissed off because that's not going to work for you either. No. You know, and another thing is that if you are going to go on this journey, if you're in a similar place that I'm in or you're thinking about leaving the ministry or whatever, you will lose a good number of friendships along the way. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, there's, there's no doubt about that. And uh, the thing is, it's like I've, I've lost a lot of friends. Um, like a lot of people in my life because of my, my beliefs, my lack of beliefs. And, and, but thankfully, I've been able to move on despite yeah. the difficulties at times. And what I've learned is, you know, after all these years, that after wanting to keep certain relationships together, I started to ask myself, you know, why, why invest so much time and energy in trying to make a relationship stay together if the other person isn't interested anymore because of your changes, you know, like, like imagine if someone's only your friend because they want to share the same, because you share the same faith, you know, and they don't appreciate you for just being you, Yeah, you know, then my thing is to those, you know, for, for those of you who are experiencing that, 
uh, then why try to keep those relationships together when you can't be yourself around them? You know, to me, I started to see that's silly because when I went back to the States, when I found out a lot of people didn't want to, you know, see me anymore, I was trying to reach out to them, you know, and I just reached a point where, why am I doing this? You know, like these people are, they're either, they get uncomfortable around me, that's for sure, because they would watch my videos and stuff. But yeah. but then I started to see, okay, if they're not willing to sit down with me and, and hear my heart and still stay my friends and agree to disagree, then then maybe it's not worth trying to keep these friendships together, you know? And so I just, I would just tell people who are in that situation who might be losing friendships because of your, your journey, you know, you can miss your friends, you could revisit those good memories you have together, but you got to stink and move on because people change, you know, we change, we all change, you know, in, in some ways more than others, but it's not the end of the world, you know? And so there are countless of people out there who are just like you and me, you know, and, and people who can relate to us in our, you know, quote unquote, spiritual journey and who are at the same time longing for authentic relationships that aren't based upon certain dogma, you know? And so you lose some and you gain some. So just look yeah. at it as like a, like a new chapter in your life. So it could be kind of exciting in your, in a way, you know, but you just have to get your ass out there. You just, you have to be able to get out of your comfort zone and just talk to people, you know, because a lot of times people only have friends because they were in church together. They were part yeah. of the small group. Learn how to socialize. <laughs> you know, just get out there and learn how to talk for goodness sake. You yeah. Know? Join learn meetups how to be- now. That's what be I was, a human being. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like learning how to be a human being again is like it's just so interesting because you get given this like apparatus that kind of like right, right. does your socializing for you, and it's like okay, hey, we all believe the same stuff, therefore we yeah. all go out for pizza together and do exactly. this and this together, and so it's like oh, just discovering like who you are and what you're passionate about because like I don't know the main thing like the conformity that like was necessary. In so many different systems. And it was like even the most freest expressions of church or whatever, I still was like always felt like, well, even though this is the free expression, it still has to look like this way. Otherwise, you're not allowed. Like you have to believe the same – like even with grace or with whatever, like the most liberal progressive stuff, you still have to like be like the same Otherwise, you're not welcome. So I was like, "Ugh, this is just like a terrible basis for like friendship and life." Yeah, you know, and and granted, there are some people in the churches who are open to you disagreeing and stuff. But but at the same time, some of them will still have that mentality of like thinking, "Oh, you're lost," you know, or we must be able to pray and save you somehow in the end. You know what I'm saying? And so there is that uniformity that goes. And I don't deny that that ideas do connect people together. Right. Yeah. In some ways, right? Like those of us who have left the institutional church, a lot of people can relate because of that. And so yeah. you start meeting up because, hey, you left too. Me too. You know, <laughs> so I, I don't deny that that ideas yeah. can connect people together. But as long as we don't have this mentality of, you know, we're better than this other group, you know, or we're we're the ones that are really blessed, you know, because yeah. we're following blah, blah, blah. Or, and then, then whatever, you know. But but my thing is, I'm just telling people, be intentional make friends, you know, like if you were to be here in the Philippines with me and my, my, my wife and other people can vouch, I, I, I'm the type that likes to talk to people when I'm out. Like if yeah. I'm in the elevator, I'll talk to the janitor, you know, like I, I just like making, like making people feel loved because I'm, they're a human being, yeah. you know? And so I'm like, I, you know, if we could all just see past the dogma somehow and just look at the person in front of you as a human being who's on this earth too, trying to, live this life, you know, just like you and, and, and everyone's wanting to just connect with other people knowing that, Hey, I'm here too. You know, like we, that's why like, I love saying hi to the guards that are in my building, you know, where I live in my condo and just recognizing them as, Hey, I see you, you know, it's all good. You know, and it's, you know, because we're all living on this planet together, man. So why yeah. not just like be happy together? You know, yeah, so, exactly. Uh, Recognize each other or there rather than like, looking away or pretending yeah yeah you know i'm not saying yeah, everyone has to talk to everybody but yeah. at least make an effort if you're looking for friendships yeah right if you're looking for then be intentional and don't expect i'm just gonna pray and just ask god to someone someone i just just make an effort but at the same time another important thing that i i could share to people that are on this journey is that uh take Cherish those moments of being alone you know in the mm-hmm. sense of like getting away from all the noise 
you know, and, and not allowing a lot of the, the people trying to convince you to believe certain things. I did cherish the times when a lot of my friends left and I would just be alone all the time, just taking walks, just thinking about stuff. And, and I, I did see that as something as very beneficial for me to like, not have all these voices in my head trying to tell me, people in my ear trying to tell me, believe this or don't believe that, but just really being alone and just learning to, quote unquote, find myself and create myself and 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 just choosing the path that you know made the most sense to me. And that's what I want to tell people. Choose a path that makes the most sense to you because why try to force yourself to to follow something or to believe something that doesn't make sense to you yeah you know there's it's like hey tony two plus two is five just believe it man just believe <laughs> it you know it's like it beliefs don't work that way yeah right beliefs work by either you're persuaded by logic or something or you have some sort of dramatic experience or whatever that changes your life you know so 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 follow what you sense in your heart and in your mind to be true now you know, you may be right, you may be wrong, but who cares? You, you're, you, at least you're honest with yourself, for goodness sake, you know, and at least you don't have to find your security and find your identity in a particular group or religion or, or based upon other, other people's expectations. You know what I'm saying? And so if you could just be true to you, to me, that's a good thing. You know, and so that that's what I would I would, you know, leave with a person who is asking for my advice of Dude. like what to do on the journey. Just be true to yourself, man. Even if all the people are, are talking down at you, be true to yourself, you'll be okay. Dude, I so appreciate that. I did I honestly think we should end there because it was such a good little last like send off uh, for Diane, people. Diane. <laughs> I was like I was like, Oh wow, that was great. I was just like closing my eyes, I was like, Oh, this is for me too. Uh, <laughs> It's all good, man. It's oh, for man. myself too, bro. You guys, check out Joshua's stuff. If you enjoyed this talk, go and get his books. He's got two books on Amazon. He's got videos on YouTube at Joshua T77. He's got find him on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Joshua Tongle, JoshuaTongle.com. I'm sure everything is all laced in together. He's got podcasts <laughs> yeah. out there on iTunes. Pretty yeah. much everywhere material can be found he's got something there for you so whatever way you like the newspaper the show game not in the newspaper yeah. am radio show <laughs> 6 a.m <laughs> cool man appreciate it dude this, i so appreciate it is there any other places people can find you or any other plugs you have or uh not that com- nothing comes to mind right now you pretty much said it all cool so that, that's yeah just follow dude. me there Thanks for being on the show, man. Make sure to get follow Josh on social media and stuff. Keep up with his journey. And I hope you guys were encouraged. Here's another episode of the Tony Sly Show. Thanks so much, Josh. Thanks, Tony. Have a good one, bro.